0: Here's something for you to consider. We are all works in progress. What if we took that a step further and asked ourselves, what else is possible? Not really looking for an answer, simply choosing something different for your life. Because we all have a choice, right? This podcast is an invitation to you. To do the thing. Do it messy and do it anyway. Discover something new about your life each and every day. Get curious about your life. What amazing possibilities have you not considered in your life today? And I am so excited that you are listening in for today's episode. I have an amazing guest with me today, Christina Singh. She's the founder of Amplify Her Media and host of the Amplify Her podcast. And if you haven't heard her podcast or any episodes from her show, I definitely recommend that you head on over to Apple Podcast, or Spotify or SoundCloud pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts today and check out the Amplify Her podcast because she has some amazing guests every week and she does some really cool solo episodes that really get you thinking. You can also check out her website to find out more at amplifyhermedia.com. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Carmen Shields, and today I have a guest with me, Christina Singh, and we're going to talk about all the things. We're going to talk about creating amazing possibilities through vulnerability. Christina Singh is the founder of Amplify Her Media and the host of the Amplify Her podcast. Through both ventures, her goal is to uplift and amplify women's voices and stories, and we met through a mutual friend of ours, Stephanie Bruchot, where Christina was a guest speaker at the JOY Conference. And I started listening to her podcast back when it was called Growing Woman and wanted to connect with her because I really appreciated the mission she has, not only in amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories, but also the amazing community that she's creating. Christina has such an open heart and so is so very kind and always interested in learning about others and their life journey. Welcome, Christina.
1: my God, Carmen, you're going to make me cry. Thank you. That's so nice. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored to be on your show.
0: Well, it is a long time coming because um, you have a podcast network and we'll talk about that uh, later on, but I have had the pleasure and opportunity to have my podcast on your podcast network. So it's... I'm actually really grateful that you agreed to say yes and come on the show. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, you were the first show on the network. You were like, let's do it. I'm so grateful for you. You're always, it's been so cool to see your evolution. So this is awesome.
0: Thank you. So today I want to chat with you about vulnerability and creating amazing possibilities through vulnerability. But let's before we it. dive into that, can you share a little bit about your background, who you are, what's your greatest passion? and sort of the journey that led you to where you are now?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. I would say my greatest passion is connecting with others and helping others feel their best and grow. Like that is something that brings me so much joy. And I feel like for such a long time, I craved community in All of these different areas of my life. And I felt like everyone around me had a lot of answers and seemed to have it all together. (laughs) And so I've always been a people person. Like I've always been really communicative with folks. I could talk for days. Um, And I've always been that person that like strikes up a conversation with others. And that has really led me throughout my career, I am still in the nonprofit field, but I've been in the nonprofit field for almost 13 years, which is so wild to think of. But I grew up in California and I graduated from my um, college in 2009. So it was not like the greatest time to graduate. And I just remember during my graduation speech, the speaker was so grim. Like, I do not remember who was speaking, but I remember they were like, you're going to be okay. And we were like, great. So I I will say I jumped around from job to job for a while after college, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I majored in pre and early modern literature and minored in history. Um, I originally wanted to write and go into journalism which I think is so funny now that I do a podcast and like now that I interview people every single week um it took me a while to get there so i was working um temp jobs like i signed up for a temp agency and i got placed in a role at the muscular dystrophy association and i started working in fundraising and it was like cold calling people and i started Making cold calls, and I was good at it. I had work experience in college because I worked all throughout college. Mm -hmm. And I just found I like really fell into this niche of working in nonprofit fundraising. If you're not familiar with this world, it is, I mean, when we get down to the brass tacks of it, it really is sales, it is building relationships. You're selling an organization and their mission. But what I really loved about it and still continue to love about it is the connection to a greater service and a connection to a community and community in general. And I've worked for nonprofits that are incredibly large nationwide organizations, and I've worked for nonprofits that are smaller. And time and time again throughout my career, I have really fallen back on being super passionate about community and in particular women's rights, women's um, health, reproductive rights, advancing women of every station, color, community. And that really has been the thread that's pulled me through my career. Even when I've worked for organizations that don't specifically, you know, have service to women in their mission or like aren't focused on on those things. I've always found that I've been very pulled to chatting about and supporting and uplifting women throughout my work. The nonprofit field is very, very dominated by women. And typically in nonprofit fundraising, women are at the helm of fundraising. And so and and I will point out like white women are typically at the helm of fundraising. I'm a woman of color. And so it's been so interesting navigating through this field, but throughout my career, what I did feel like was I was always behind. Like I just felt like I, I didn't have all these answers. And so in 2019, I decided that the most logical thing to do would be to buy a mic and start interviewing my friends. (laughs) And so in 2019, I started, then it's gone through three name changes, but then it was Grown Woman, and then it became Growing Woman, and now it's the Amplify Her podcast, and it's not going to change, I think, for quite some time. (laughs) So that's just a bit of backstory, I feel like that was so long, but on who I am and and my journey to making that particular decision to
0: start my show. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your background and your journey on your way to creating the amplify her media organization and also the podcast. It's ever evolving. I can imagine,
1: yes, completely. And I will say like out of my podcast. Came so many realizations that nobody knows what they're doing. (laughs) Nobody has any idea on how to navigate this world. And we're all really creating community. So I decided to create Amplify Her Media to look at various ways that I can create community with women on various topics and various mediums. Um, So that's how Amplify Her Media was birthed. Awesome.
0: I'm sure it took quite a bit of vulnerability to put yourself out there. So we're going to talk about that next.
1: Smooth transition, Carmen. I enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) I like to follow Brene Brown, and I'm sure you're familiar with her work, but she talks Mm. about vulnerability and how oftentimes within society, it's not really looked at as a strength and it can be viewed as a dark emotion. She says, it's the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, and empathy, and the most accurate way to measure courage. However, like I mentioned before, there's the dark side to it, and it's not always the emotions we want to feel. But I feel like we can learn a lot through our own ver- vulnerability journey and sharing a part of that story with others. So what's something you've discovered about your own vulnerability journey and creating possibilities through that?
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Such a great question. So I, I think through my journey with vulnerability, I grew up in a household where emotions were displayed to a degree that was like times a thousand. So on one side of my family and then on the other side of my family no emotions were really displayed that were vulnerable or like negative or deemed to be negative. Um so I grew up in an environment where I knew I was very very loved, very cared for, but the ways that I was shown love could often be classified as unhealthy and so for me I have had to learn what kind of vulnerability is healthy for me to showcase because I was around of a, a lot of unhealthy moments of someone being vulnerable. And so if that makes sense I, I essentially mean, you know, not controlling anger. Or emotions, um, and not really having a control on one's sense of self. And so, for a long time, that led to me controlling my emotions and wanting to please everyone around me and wanting to shift and change myself so people would like me. And I remember for a very, very long period of time, I was very strategic about how to interact with others so they would continue to like me. And I I don't really think it was until like my 20s that I fully became open and honest about how I felt about certain situations. Even something like I went to a movie with friends, I would not say if I liked it Or I wouldn't, I really would never say if I disliked it. Like my family would make fun of me and say, you like every movie, even horrible movies. And that just wasn't the case, but I was just so used to people pleasing and so used to not showing my emotions in a way where it was like my true thoughts that it took me a while to give myself permission to share my feelings and my thoughts and and what I was going through with the world. And so I think for those who have grown up in like traumatic environments, maybe people can relate to that where I just felt like unleashing your emotions can do harm around others. And for a long time, it, it took me forever to really realize like, no, it's just... Understanding how to do so in a healthy way, and I would have these instances where I would show vulnerability, and I would show like the dark side of vulnerability around people, and I would do it in a way where my emotional barometer were like I, I would like blow up, or I would cry, or be be really really vulnerable with like the wrong people, and I think it's taken me a while to better understand my own sense of self. Because I can read other people incredibly well. And I think when you grow up in an environment where you've had instability and you have had people around you, unfortunately, be be unreliable, you yourself become reliable and you develop mechanisms where you can read people and notice things that maybe other people can't. I didn't realize that was a trauma response for a really, really long time. I always wore that as a badge of honor, (laughs) like, oh, I can read people really well. But in fact, I spent a lot of my time protecting myself from being vulnerable. And so when I did start to open up and become more vulnerable and show the dark side of things, that was really hard because then I was constantly thinking about what people thought about me and would they hate me if I shared my emotion. I hope that answers your question. That's been my journey with that particular topic.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that because I myself can relate. I come from a family mm-hmm. where we go to therapy, but we just don't talk about it. We keep mm. our emotions to ourselves, whether they're good or they're bad or in between. So there's a yeah. to this question. In what ways is share- the way you share your vulnerability now different from how you shared this in the past.
1: I think now I I wouldn't say I'm like calculated about how I share. I just understand what is a healthy way for me to be sharing with others versus not. And it's still something I'm working on. I've also noticed that. So I have an I have an online platform. You know, I I am on Instagram. I'm recording a podcast. And so that has led to vulnerable conversations and me talking to people about how they are or are not vulnerable and me myself putting my thoughts and feelings out there about my life and certain situations. And so now I I do feel like I've learned that sharing is really important for me. I didn't realize that for a while. I think there are some people that keep things really close to their chest and like don't share online and they have their own communities. And for me, I think sometimes it is really important for me to put things out there in certain ways because I love the conversation and just like having other people to chat with about it. And I have those people in my life, but I also really enjoy building community in that way. But I regulate that in a way that's healthy for me.
0: I like that. I feel like I've seen it from a different perspective, talking with you about there's healthy ways to sharing vulnerability and unhealthy ways. And if people aren't really understanding that piece to it, they're, like you said, they're showing either the dark side or the light side, but there's no in between.
1: Well, I think that also... There is a component of shame in the mix of this and feeling shameful for sharing too much or for putting yourself out there in a way that could be constituted as too much. And I don't think of things in that way. I think more like I've seen people post things online and been concerned for them or have noticed a pattern and maybe they're trying to gain sympathy or empathy from others by sharing and being vulnerable and I think it's I think it is like sometimes a lack of community when it comes to sharing certain things online or not and it just really depends on the person and so for me and my experience I think that it's can be really beautiful to share online and it can be really hard for for others because then you have like other people's perceptions that you're dealing with
0: all the comments and the the trolls sometimes that show (laughs) up (laughs) where do they come from anyway
1: (laughs) (laughs) the depths the deep dark depths of the internet
0: one of the things I really appreciate about you is you talk about progress over perfection on your (laughs) social media platforms and I feel like this is a really good way to think about moving in the directions of your own dreams. Can you explain what this means to you and what are maybe a few steps others can take uh, to start practicing this progress over perfection?
1: Yeah, so progress over perfection is something that I like say to myself all the time. And it really did come from, for me, it has been a constant in my life since I started my show. I stepped away from my show. I came back to it. I've stepped away from it again and come back to it. I've been really inconsistent with posting and then consistent. And when I first started, I gave myself permission for it not to be perfect. When I first started this project, I literally rented out an office space. My husband bought me my mic because he wanted to support me and knew that it would be challenging for me to purchase a mic. And for me, I just feel like I needed to be able to sit down with a friend and chat and record on my computer while we're hovering over a mic and just put it out there in the world. i didn't know how to edit anything I didn't know how to add you know anything to my show like I had no idea what i'm doing like i I still am figuring it out, and so i allowed myself to do that because I knew that if I had this desire to do all of these things and I like needed them to be in place I would never ever release an episode because I would be waiting for it to be perfect and so every single week I am thinking about well you know I didn't add music to this ad like What if I did this or did I edit this enough? Did I add enough chimes to break up the episode? Like all of these things. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just get it out there into the world. And the next time you do something, you can reevaluate. But for me, the hardest thing in my life (laughs) is consistency. Like it really is so challenging for me to be consistent in the ways that I want want to be. It's very easy for me to be consistent in other ways, ways that maybe don't serve me as well. And so for me, one of the things that has really helped is breaking things down into itty bitty pieces. Let's say, for example, you and I were recording an episode on my show, which we have, something that I've done is created a folder for all of my episodes to go in after I record. Um, Something that I do is think about, I think about my future self a lot what would future Christina appreciate? And I say, okay, let me just record this intro. And I've just had an interview with Carmen. So let me just sit down and record a two to three minute intro. So it's done. So when I have to go to edit, I don't have to do that piece. And then maybe I'll walk away and then I'll come back and do a little bit and then I'll walk away. Or when I do have to edit in one go, I'll say, okay, set a 10 minute timer. I'm really big on timers, set a 10 minute timer. Great. You've just edited 10 additional minutes. Maybe you have 40 minutes to go. And I do that with everything (laughs) like with mm, the dishes, but it's very helpful for me to break things down into small pieces, because then I can look back on my progress and I can say, Hey, Look at these last five episodes that you broke down and you just did it and you just kept going. Now you have 117 episodes out. You know, like that's something that I feel is very important to me is to look at the data. After I've done something, look back and see what I've done and see the progress I've made. So then you know it's not in vain. You know, like when I'm cleaning, I will do 10 dishes or something or like five dishes. I'll just start or like set a timer. And then I can look at the dishes in the dish rack and be like, look, (laughs) I did that thing. So for me, that is the easiest way to break things down. Um, I have a challenge with like moving my body. I can get stuck in front of my computer for hours. And one thing that I tell myself is just go downstairs and put your shoes on. Then you can go do the next thing and the next thing. And then from there, it just really bleeds into momentum. And repeating my, that phrase to myself, progress over perfection, has helped really dispel all of the bull crap that we're told around having to have everything done and perfected now. And that has been the biggest misconception that I found for everyone that I've interviewed is they took their time and they just took action. And so for me, that progress piece is the action. The perfection is sitting and waiting for things to happen. So that's that's how that evolved for me.
0: I really like that. It's sort of a redefinition or redefining for yourself what success looks like as well.
1: Yes. And it's also practicing discipline. I think that Practicing discipline can feel really hard because it is your, your brain is going into protection mode. Your brain wants to make sure you're safe and discipline, you know, it can often feel like a very strict regimen, but it's those tiny little moments that add up to a bigger picture. And so for me, the thing that I mentioned around like future Christina, like future Christina will appreciate that I cleaned up my desk. Future Christina will appreciate that I took a shower this morning instead of putting it off for tonight. You know, like all of those little things really add up for me.
0: Yes, and I'm sure that also helps with manifestation as well. That's kind of a side tangent I'm going on, but manifesting what you know you have in your your goals, your future goals, your current goals, your goals that you're working on.
1: Yeah, because those things take work. You have to put in the work and it can feel really overwhelming. Um, When I started my networking group recently, it feels really overwhelming. Like I have a picture in my mind of what I want this to be and it's not there, but I have to work towards that. And I have to work in these small ways for it to become that. And I think that's what we often forget because we're, we're sold the narrative of the perfect picture of having it all together, of having everything now, we're not sold the journey, the steps. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I find to be challenging, but it's the most important part.
0: Yes. And you can share that with others. It's- exactly. That quote, it's not about the destination, but it's all about the journey.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so, it sounds so cheesy, but it's beyond true. Like mm-hmm. It really is.
0: So I want to switch gears and ask you some questions about your podcast, because your podcast is awesome. It's amazing. You come up, you come out with episodes each week and um, you have some really interesting and cool people on your show. So, so many of the women around you were doing all these amazing things. You saw them having success and you wanted to know what it is that they were doing. So you started interviewing people and you created this podcast, uplifting and amplifying these stories. But beyond that, you really started to create community through this podcast. How did that get started? And how did you start the journey of creating this Amplify Her community? I know you mentioned you just got a mic and started interviewing people, but what's something else that you did to really start this community?
1: Yeah, Thank you so much for your kind words about the show. It's become such a love of mine and I come I keep coming back to it because I love it. And I think that's something that has been like oh, the biggest lesson is if I didn't love it, I probably would not keep doing it. And like if I didn't enjoy it and really want it to happen, I probably would not keep going. And I knew that I wanted to have conversations with women because I was a part of a networking group for six years. And so I would see women in this networking group every single week, and they would stand up and ask for what they wanted. And they would say, I need to be connected to A, B, and C. And I would see them consequently make money from those asks. And I was like, okay, this is super cool and interesting. And I ended up running that networking group for nearly three years. And what was so great about that group was people were approaching it from a mindset of giving and they wanted to give to others and they wanted to see other people grow. And I felt such a craving for community with women and, and I had it, but I, I wanted to have in-depth conversations about how much are you asking people for your services? Or how did you start doing this? Who connected you to this particular resource what was your mindset around this time how do you how did you learn how to sell your product those little things that i felt really intimidated by that i was learning as well but i just wanted to know what other people were doing in particular what other women were doing when i first started i asked my friends And I just asked a lot of the women in that networking group if they wanted to come on and and interview. And there must have been something in my brain that knew that I would love interviewing and that I would love doing this particular thing because I have never felt out of place interviewing someone ever since I started. Like I've never felt, I felt nervous to interview people but never like I couldn't do a good job. And I think that's like a really important distinction because for me, I think I wanted to go into journalism, but I didn't like that <laughs> I had to be objective. <laughs> I really, I liked that. I'm, I'm so grateful for that in the news and so grateful that, you know, we point out bias and we can point out people being... Biased in their reporting, but I really wanted to have conversations with people where I could ask them and be nosy. And (laughs) and I think it took me a long time to realize, like, oh, I want to interview people. Like, that's what I really enjoy. And so for me, the imposter syndrome around so much of my career fell away when I started interviewing people. And I've interviewed people who have millions of followers online, who you know, have books and, you know, who are writers and who are actors and who are incredible people. And I felt intimidated by, you know, the potential of asking them these questions, but I've never thought like, this isn't going to be a good conversation. And I will tell people, I will always have a question for you. I will always have something to follow up with. And I think that's what's really come out of this for my confidence and me personally. And I think that's been the key in moving this, this show forward and building community because I'm genuinely interested in what people have to say and who they are and their stories. If they want to come on and sell something, that's fine. Like, you can talk to me about your product, but I want to know the heart of you. And I've had people who want to come on the show and, like, promote something in particular. And I'm like, my show is very different from that. Like, I want to really understand, like, how did you even get to the point where you're promoting anything? (laughs) You know, like, and I think it grew from just trying to understand how people were successful to having more women's voices out there. In general, talking about their stories so people can build community just through listening to other people talk. And it, it turned into understanding that when we share our experiences and when we share our voice, something shifts in our brains and our chemistries. Like we are able to better understand that we're not alone and that there is community out there for everyone. And I think that's really important when we're coming across big issues like pay equity, big issues like reproductive rights, racism, sexism, ageism, you know, all of these things that women have to face every single day in a myriad of ways. Sharing stories and voices of women from diverse backgrounds and experiences shapes so much of The community that I'm trying to create, and it's just kind of like come together from like naturally from there. I've definitely worked really hard, but I will say, like, people have just responded to things really well.
0: I love that. So, on this show, I like to ask my guests two questions, and the first one is, What's one amazing possibility you've created on your journey so far? and it could be on the topic through vulnerability or just just in general in your journey creating your your network and your community.
1: Yeah, I mean, an amazing possibility that I've created through this journey is I want to say like making money on my own. I'm not making a lot of money through these ventures, but just a fact that I I have put myself out there in a way to be brave and see if someone wants to spend funds. On something I've created, that has been amazing and something I wasn't sure was possible. And that feels like incredible when I'm looking at like my career journey. I've always raised funds for other people. I have always been strategic in raising money for others, and I know how to do that. (laughs) But when asking for myself, that can feel very overwhelming and like that wouldn't even be possible. So, that's definitely been an amazing possibility that's come out of this, this journey.
0: And you have a networking group. Is that correct? I, I do ask you about that. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes. So like I had mentioned, I was a part of a networking group for six years in Manhattan and I led that group for about three years and I left it and I just needed to step away from that particular environment for a while. And then I had So many people talk to me about starting something on my own. And I had thought about it for a little bit, but I was like, I don't know. It doesn't like it was honestly very intimidating to me. And I was like, I'm not sure if it's the right time. I've been networking every week for the past six years. Like, that's a lot. And I need to take a break. And this was waking up very early in the morning, every single week, popping online or in person before COVID. And going to network. And it was wonderful, the best energy, the best decision, but it's a lot after a while. And so I took a break, and then more and more, like I wouldn't even be mentioning it. And they would be like, oh, you should totally create something where people can come together and chat about this, like, or network. And I was like, uh huh. And I think that it just naturally came out of me and conversations with others. And I talked about it for, years with very close friends of mine. And they were like, I'm going to name her Colleen Blum, who is one of my closest friends. She said, can you just do the thing already? And she's very blunt and lovely. And um, I was like, okay. And she was like, set a timeline for yourself and just do it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so I did. And it was terrifying and overwhelming, but the whole heart and soul of the Amplify Her Networking Group is to build community and to support women as they are trying to make more money, um, trying to grow their careers, negotiate their salaries, balance their lives of being mothers if, if there are mothers in the group, and being a human who works in the world, really talking about what it means to not only invest in ourselves, but invest in ourselves financially. I really like money conversations and work-life balance conversations I will in the group, if somebody's talking about a new job that they got, I will ask them, Well, how much money are you making now? And just even having those conversations are so enlightening because then you get to see, Well, how much money is this person making in this market? And you get to have open conversations, which I think can happen between friends, but it's sometimes really uncomfortable. And so, Um, that is really the Amplify Her Networking group. We meet the first week of every month and the third week of every month. And it's growing. And you can tell I'm like very nervous about it. And I'm also very excited about it. (laughs) So yeah, that's what that is.
0: Well, I will say that I've been able to take advantage of that opportunity and join in on your networking meetings, I think once or twice now. And It is sort of overwhelming. I I've been searching for quite a while for a networking group just to be part of. And I haven't really found that up until the one you created. I've always felt the energy was sort of icky, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But, and and you had to pay for it, you know, you couldn't just come for a free meeting the first time and you had to invest. And I'm willing to invest, sure, but it just it just wasn't my cup of tea. And yeah. so I appreciate the group that you've
1: created and I get to be a part of it as well. Yeah, it was so lovely to have you there. And I and I believe you've come two times. And for me, I agree with you. I think it's really, really important that you can come visit something and not have to be charged for it. So the first meeting for everyone is free. And, you know, being a part of something for six years, I've really seen the ins and outs of networking. And I firmly believe like there should be options. So. I don't bill people on a month or on an annual basis. I bill them on a monthly basis for memberships or you can drop into a meeting after your first one. And I just feel like it's really important for especially for women and working women to have flexibility in their lives. And I shouldn't say working women. I kind of hate that I um, <laughs> just feel like women in general. It's really important. We have flexibility in our lives. and And especially when you're trying to build something and grow something, it's I think giving people options is really important.
0: So part two of this question I ask everyone, what's one amazing possibility you feel you have yet to discover or that you're sort of ruminating on and hasn't really showed up yet?
1: That's such a good question. I mean, I have a lot of desire to grow my show and my group. And I think part of that is like being online more and being available on like consistently online And so one of the things that has happened this year, that's been so wonderful and has been birthed out of progress over perfection is consistency of releasing my show and episodes and just knowing like, this is what I'm going to be doing every week. This is what's happening. And I think through that, an amazing possibility that I'm hoping will happen is that this show continues to grow and Other areas like the networking group and the podcast network will continue to grow and thrive. And I will be able to make more money in these ventures because, you know, I think it can sound sleazy when somebody might say that, but I really, truly believe like this work will help other women make more money and will provide community. And I think when women have more financial independence, it has been shown time and time again that their decisions are not based on the immediate need of financial support, but what of, they, of what they truly want. And I think that's really, really important for women to know.
0: So, so true. So as we wrap up here.
1: Wow, that flew by.
0: Yes. Do you have any last words of wisdom you'd like to share with those listening? And also, how can people connect with you?
1: Sure. Something that I always talk about on my show is your needs really mattering um, and through this work. And so I don't know where you are today, where you're listening to this, who you are, but please know that your needs really matter. And it can be really hard to ask for what you want or what you desire in this world, but it is so important to simply ask Because similar to Carmen's show, you never know what sort of amazing possibilities might come from you simply asking for what you need or desire in this world. And I I just want to offer that reminder for people. Your voice matters and your story matters. I always end my show with that because I just, I firmly believe it. And I think that if you have something in you where you're feeling like, oh yeah, this could be possible, but I'm not really sure. Tying it into that vulnerability, even when you're not sharing with others your vulnerability, taking steps, taking those small steps and small actions towards your goals is vulnerable. Doing little things for yourself that maybe you didn't think was possible is vulnerable. Like those moments are vulnerable. The closest relationship we have in this world is with ourselves. And so I think that show yourself that you can be vulnerable and it will happen around you. You can find me on AmplifyHerMedia.com. My show is the Amplify Her Podcast. Everything is amplifier Her, AmplifyHerMedia.com. If you want to join the networking group for our next meeting, the first meeting is free, like I mentioned, but you can go to AmplifyHerMedia.com backslash networking. And I am on Instagram at AmplifyHerMedia.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Christina. I really appreciate you sharing your your journey through creating amazing possibilities through vulnerability. I do have four rapid fire questions for you. This is the fun part of my show. Are you ready? It's all
1: fun. What? (laughs) Yes.
0: All right. What is your favorite morning beverage?
1: Right now, coffee.
0: How do you like to make your coffee?
1: I have a bougie latte machine, so I make a latte in the morning. Ooh, Do you like it with foam or creamer? Oh yeah. I have, um, I have like a foamer wand in, on my like whole espresso machine. So Mm, your favorite
0: place to go on a walk outside
1: right now around my neighborhood and everyone makes fun of me because I go to the cemetery a lot and I make, I walk through the cemetery and my whole family is like, Oh, there's a cemetery. Christina, do you want to go walk through that? Yes. But if my ideal place, if I was close to it, anywhere near water,
0: we did not mention this on the show, but you are a working mom. So what's one favorite thing to do with your son?
1: Uh, anything. I love, I love going for walks with him. I love taking him outside, um, snuggling. There's, it's just magical. And I would say like, I'm a very goofy parent. So I very playful with my child and yeah, just being goofy and pretending to be like Spider-Man.
0: What's bringing you
1: the most joy right now? Oh, thinking about my son. Yeah. My son brings me the most joy. My husband brings me the most joy and connecting with other women and like seeing when women connect and like, if they reach out to me and say like, oh, I loved this episode. Or if there's a connection or a comment on a page where someone can relate, like that just brings me so much joy. Um, Also when my friends get like new jobs or raises, it's like, there's like nothing better.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate it. I'm so grateful for you and happy to continue connecting with you.
1: Thank you, Carmen. I'm so proud of you. You've done so much and I, yeah, I'm just so proud of you. Your journey has been amazing. So thanks for having me today. Hi, this is Christina Singh, founder of Amplify Her Media and the host of the Amplify Her Podcast. I am so, so excited that you're listening to this show right now, and I wanted to invite you to come listen to the Amplify Her Podcast as well. Every week on my show, I interview an incredible woman about her story, who she is, and everything in between. My goal is to amplify and uplift women's voices and stories. Women's voices are powerful, and their stories deserve to be heard. So come on over and listen to an episode of the Amplify Her podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. I cannot wait for you to hear it. And remember, your voice matters and your story matters. If you enjoyed
0: today's episode or were inspired by something you heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. You can also rate or review the show. And if you want to stay connected, head on over to my website, IamCarmenShields.com or over on Instagram at Amazing Possibility.